0: Welcome to episode 20 of APS Radio. My name is Jim Bernica. I'm here with Professor Dr. Jeff Burgess from the University of Arizona. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jim. So the last time I saw you was almost a year ago. I got to hang out with you um, there in Tucson. You showed me the labs and went over all this stuff, and uh, which was absolutely incredible, all the different aspects of research that you're working on for all of us firefighters. But one of the things i remember you talking about was iarc and how there is going to be a meeting in 2022 which was over a year from then so um you know in june and and uh and here we are in july and that meeting has happened and everything else has happened so i just wanted you to kind of talk about how significant this was cuz back then a year ago when i was hanging out with you um this was this was still an idea, nothing had happened. So I guess I'm kind of moving a little bit fast here, but let's let's back up because we'll get to all that stuff. What is IARC? Uh,
1: IARC is the International Agency for Research on Cancer. And so they are um, part of the World Health Organization. They're located in Lyon, France and they are the international group or body that decides whether something is a carcinogen. So most of the time they work with individual chemicals, like for example, benzene uh, is a known human carcinogen, but they call it group one. Uh, And But however, they also do some occupations and this is the second time they've done firefighting. So when they did firefighting last, what did they determine that was? So when they met in 2007, so it's about 15 years ago, uh, there was less research available at the time, fewer epidemiologic studies, less information on how uh, chemicals and other exposures that firefighters have could cause cancer, what we call mechanistic information. So based on that limited information back then, they determined that firefighting was a group 2B, which is possibly causing cancer. Uh, So in this last round, however, and this is the big deal, they've determined that firefighting is a group one known human carcinogen, that firefighting is carcinogenic to humans. And I know that's,
0: that's a pretty big jump. So in 15 years, you were able to have that much research because I, and, and we've had research from all over the place, but it was enough to say, hey, this is this occupation in itself, just being a firefighter is a known carcinogen.
1: Yes. And it really was the research studies in the interim in this 15 year period that, that allowed them to make that, higher level
0: determination. So with that higher level determination, what does that mean for the occupation of firefighting?
1: Well, you know, I, th- I think a lot of us, you know, really felt that firefighting was carcinogenic to humans, even, you know, before this, this um, second IARC meeting on firefighting. Um, so many of the things, you know, we've already been doing, um, you know, we've been trying to Reduce exposures. We've been trying to figure out how it is that that the exposures cause cancer, so that we could, you know, potentially either limit or reverse that in the future. So I think that you know, for departments that are already really focused on cancer prevention, I don't know that it's going to make too much difference about what the departments do. However, you know, for for departments that maybe hadn't been paying. As much attention to the cancer problem, um, you know. Hopefully, this will provide the emphasis to really be thinking about how they take care of their firefighters. Also, I really believe that this will help with workers' compensation cases. So, as we all know, despite having you know presumptive cancer laws, a lot of the cases get turned down, um, and you know, it, it it it's in some cases you know eventually the case will be accepted, in other cases not, but this provides additional kind of documentation, if you will, or determination at the highest international levels that firefighting causes cancer in humans. So I think that's a big deal. I think also in other countries around the world that maybe hadn't been looking at firefighting as much, I mean, certainly this would be outside the U.S. and Canada. um, You know, there are some countries that that hadn't been thinking perhaps as much about it i think that this may make a huge difference for them too because now they'll see that you know firefighting is particularly hazardous
0: touching on uh the workers comp aspect real quick and i know each state is different but even if i can may if i could just speak for ohio for example our actual presumptive law was based off of IARC and it was based off of the group one and level 2a so the known and the probable carcinogens. Um, So my hope is for, for all my firefighters in the state, the fact that her occupation is now a known carcinogen will hopefully help because workers comp is still fighting all of us, all of our cases.
1: No, I, I agree entirely, Jim. I mean, I think that when you have this determination by, again, as I said, you know, the international group that makes this that makes these decisions. Um, it really should help the individual firefighter with their workers' compensation cases when they get cancer. You know, um, so I, I think that will be a win. I I really feel though, and and you know, we can go over the details of you know what what IARC determined here. Um, you know, as as they've published in this Lancet research article, um, but you know, I I think really what we need to be thinking about is how do we protect our firefighters from getting cancer in the first place, right? I mean, I think that's really what we need to do. Um, And I think every department needs to really review what they have been doing and think about what additional steps they could be taking to protect firefighters. Absolutely. I'd love for you to go over the findings of that, but before I even have you
0: do that, does this help, help you at all? and your fellow researchers uh do do you think you'll be able to maybe justify even even more funds to to do further research and and just because now this again is now a known carcinogen it's not just assuming it is or thinking it is but there's actual you know again proof now
1: well i i think yes it it could help but you know it's as as always the you know there's different parts of the question so First of all, I'd just like to remind everyone that FEMA funds a lot of research for on firefighter health and safety. and you know um, and that's because the, all the firefighters, different firefighting organizations got together and you know petitioned the government to set aside funds for specifically for firefighter research. And because of that, much of the work, including many of the studies that supported this you know, change in IR uh, for firefighting from a 2B to a one came out of research that was uh, funded from FEMA. There's of course other, you know, other sources too and other countries. Uh, I don't wanna minimize the importance of everyone's research but we've had good funding from FEMA on firefighter research. And of course NIOS has also provided some funding But I do think that, you know, when you now go to ask any of the institutes of the National Institutes of Health uh, or, you know, any other government organization and you say, um, you know, this work is important, you now have an additional piece of information that is determined, uh, you know, again, at an international level that firefighting causes cancer. So if anyone had a doubt before, this should um, take care of that. Perfect, awesome.
0: Thank you again for for all the work. It's like I, I was thinking earlier. You were kind of Babe Ruth last June when we were hanging out. You called your shot. You know, here it is. So you and uh, I think thirty one other researchers, right?
1: Well, yeah, there were there were you know researchers from around the world. It was a really they did a great job of bringing together um, you know experts in the field. For example, you know, Kenny Fent uh, from NIOS was leading the the exposure, you know, um, uh, group. So they, they kind of divided it into different parts. So there's an exposure, there's mechanism, uh, there's the cancer, uh, there's the epidemiologists too. So um, and then there were uh, Dr. Alberto Caban Martinez was there, uh, Dr. Jackie Goodrich, uh, all people who'd worked with the firefighter cancer cancer um, cohort study, and as well as uh, Dr. Judith Graber, again, also working with the firefighter cancer cohort study and volunteer, um, particularly with volunteer firefighters. So um, there were it. And, and again, excellent scientists from around the world with great knowledge about firefighters. They really did pull together an excellent group.
0: Great. Great. Um, Would you mind
1: now going over that, that uh, article in the Lancet? Sure. Um, so what's re- so what's released now is a summary of what they call the monograph. So the document that will come out in 2023 uh, is called monograph. I think it's 132 is the number, um, and it takes them a long time to pull everything together. But when it's available, that full document's got it's just loaded with information about the research that's out there that they use to help support this determination. And I think that'll be a great document for people. But between now and when they publish it, what we have to look at are the article that was published in The Lancet, which is a, a medical journal on June 30th. Um, and that's the, the most complete source. But also uh, IRCON's on its website had <clears throat> published an infographic, I think frequently asked questions and kind of a quick summary as well. so those are the pieces that we have to go on now that you know we're, we're allowed to share. so you know the the greater details of kind of what went on in the meeting, et cetera, I think is you know is is not will, will be available when the um, the full monograph comes out now, based on the Lancet article. Um, first of all, the most important thing, as I mentioned, is that uh, fire, you know, occupational exposures as a firefighter is carcinogenic to humans. So it's group one. Um, And as we mentioned previously, that's up from 2B from the last meeting, which was in 2007. And really, this is based on new studies, as we were discussing, both epidemiologic studies and epidemiology is disease and population. So those are actually looking at cancer rates in firefighters and uh, from around the world, uh, and including you know some of the, re- the ones that we all, that, that when we pay attention to this, we think about, for example, Doug Daniel's NIOSH study of um, Philadelphia, Chicago, and San Francisco. I mean, that was like a new one that came out since 2007 and was again, really important in the determination. In addition, again, there's the mechanistic studies uh, that we go over a little bit today, but those help support, you know, how the exposure can cause cancer. So that's um, uh, that's really important because if you don't have that, it's less you know you have less to support the determination. What they found was specifically they called out two cancers that had what they what is um, named sufficient evidence you know, for for cancer and firefighters. And those were mesothelioma, and that's caused by asbestos exposure. And I think that was up around 58% higher than the general population. When you, when you average, well, not average, but when you took studies from around the world, that's called a meta-analysis when you combine many epidemiologic studies. So they did this during the meeting, and they found, I think, on average, you know, uh, determined by you know their formulas, there was a 58 percent increase in mesothelioma, and they had a slightly smaller increase in bladder cancer. I think it was around 16 percent, you know, increase over the general population. But these were fairly consistent from study to study, so they felt very comfortable, and they called that sufficient evidence. Um, oh, and the bladder cancer is known to be the result of many exposures that we get, including some of the polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons or PAHs. There was limited evidence uh, of a, uh, that, and that means that these were all increased when they did this meta-analysis compared to the general population, um, but they had concerns about one thing or another that, that didn't allow them to go to sufficient, but you know, limited is still kind of um, uh, expresses an increase in the rate just they're worried about what might be causing. It could be something other than firefighting. And there, those groups in that limited category were colon cancer, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, melanoma, and non-Hodgkin lymphoma. So I'll stop there uh, for a moment before I talk about the mechanistic data and see if you had any questions on that, Jim.
0: No, you're, you're doing absolutely great. This is um, just so informative. And like you said earlier, this is this is going to be a lot of help to a lot of firefighters, you know, throughout yeah. the country and really the yeah. world.
1: Uh, and and yeah, and and I think again, um, the document itself, when it comes out, has a lot of information, you know, about what's been done and probably the most complete collection that I've seen, anyhow, of information at least up to 2022. Realize that the research continues and there's. Great research coming out all the time. I think that's really will help us move forward. But anyhow, so back to the document. The other thing that they uh, mentioned were this kind of mechanistic data. Uh, And this was, you know, pretty special because in the interim period, again, since 2007, there'd been so many studies that they were able to look at five What they call key characteristics of carcinogens. So these are ways in which exposures can cause cancer. So there were five of them that they determined that had strong evidence of being present with firefighters. And those five mechanisms were genotoxicity, so actual damaging of the DNA, epigenetic alterations, oxidative stress, chronic inflammation, and then receptor mediated effects, and particularly uh, the activation of aryl hydrocarbon receptor, which is something that dioxins and PAHs and some other chemicals activate and which the activation has been associated with cancer. So those, that's a lot of mechanisms by which exposures can cause cancer. So that's, um, that all, again, supports this, this group one designation. Again, I'll stop there for a moment and see if you have questions about that, Jim. You're good. Please continue. Okay. So, some of the other main points that you know that they brought out. One was, and this is critical, and we should talk about this for a little bit. Um, it applies to all firefighters. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Volunteer uh, part time. Yeah. Everybody, right? All firefighters including, yeah, volunteer firefighters, wildland firefighters, you know, you name it. They did not, you know, distinguish between them. They clearly stated that it applies to all firefighters. And um, that was something that I think is really important. I mean, they could have said, we just have it for municipal or structural firefighters. We don't know about anybody else, you know, because most of the research is there, but, you know, given the whole body of evidence they, uh, you know, because there were there were are studies for example, on wildland firefighters, fewer on volunteers, but there are some out there um, but you know together uh they felt that there was enough evidence that the, that the basic job of firefighters putting out fires you know is 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 going to be pretty consistent um so so it, because of that designation, I think when there's you know presumptive cancer laws, etc. if they're just applying to the career folks, I think that you know some of that that should be kind of looked at again and and see if it uh, if they can't be expanded include volunteer firefighters, for example. Um, so they mentioned some exposures and so let's talk about that for just a moment. Um, so the one that was, Kind of up the most in terms of you know percentage increase was mesotheli- mesothelioma, and again, this mes- mesothelioma is a result of asbestos exposure. And we've done some studies, including uh, one that Don Bolsted Johnson, who is an industrial hygienist, worked with the Phoenix Fire Department, and I worked with her um, kind of on this study years ago. But she was doing some work. Evaluating, or we together, uh, you know, she did the majority of the work, honestly, but uh, evaluating uh, asbestos exposure during overhaul, because back in, you know, previously, I think firefighters weren't wearing their SCBA during overhaul, particularly if they weren't seeing visible smoke. But um, in that study, uh, there was documented, you know, exposure to asbestos in Phoenix firefighters. Um, and I think that's going to be true of a lot of cities, obviously, that has older housing where asbestos is present. So I think that that, that exposure, again, asbestos is about the only thing that causes mesothelioma, um, really should make fire departments think about making sure that their firefighters are wearing SCBA during an overhaul, because we know that there's exposure then. There's probably exposure in other settings too, but we know that one. Um, So I just, any department that isn't really, you know, pressing their guys uh, to wear SCBA during overhaul or, you know, at least some type of particle respirator, but we, that's another talk that we could have at some point. Those, those do not work as well as breathing apparatus and there are problems with them. They can, for example, have formaldehyde breakthrough. We've shown that in the past, so I really recommend breathing apparatus. Um, So uh, that's one of the major, you know, exposures that we know, and we know what to do about, and we know where it is. Um, Then the others are, you know, the they mentioned the polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Those are always um, present when you have combustion, and we know that. You can get exposed to those both when breathing them in and through the skin so this really brings us back to this idea of you know not just wearing your breathing apparatus whenever you could be around smoke um, but also making sure that you you know decontaminate your gear so you don't get cross-contamination or get it on yourself when you're taking it out or getting contaminating your rig you know the whole clean cab etc and then you know taking a shot using wipes at this at the fire scene and um, and taking a shower as soon as you get back to the station so we all know that i think again that they mentioned the ph is it's something that we should be paying attention to they also mentioned pfos the per and polyfluoroalkyl substances and i don't know if we talked about that before or not jim but i'm sure that's been a topic of a number of your podcasts and um you know so this is something that uh we're still in the research phase of figuring out where firefighters get exposed to it. Um, You know, for example, are they getting it from their gear or not? You know, we're still that's still an operative question. We know it's in the gear more important. Well, not more importantly, because it's all important. But we know we have clear evidence that it's in some of the mil spec foam. So if anyone's still using, you know, class B foams that have PFAS in them, uh, unless they're an airport fire department that's still required to use them, they shouldn't be using them. Um, so that's, and then another thing that I personally believe is that if there's any possibility of contamination of the drinking water in the fire station from past use of a, of, of the PFAS containing AFFF, you know, and that could be around airports, military bases, petrochemical facilities, um, anywhere else where the uh, the this type of PFOs containing class B A triple F is used, then it probably isn't a bad idea to get the drinking water checked because that would be a source of additional exposure for the firefighters. And then the, a couple other things they mentioned again were diesel exhaust. So just again, making sure you minimize your exposure to diesel exhaust. Either so use recapture or you know make sure you have good ventilation, otherwise, right in your apparatus bay. Um, you know, work on your equipment outside, your your vehicles outside if you can, um, and so on. And um, that really, uh, that I think is a summary. I can't think of any other major points that were listed there that I hadn't already said something about. But do you have any questions about any of that, Jim? Do you know, is there any follow up scheduled? For when we even have
0: more research to possibly even add more cancers to this
1: list, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I think that it's going to be since firefighting is already considered a group one. Um, uh, I don't know if there'll be the same pressure, well, not pressure. I don't think there's any pressure on IARC that the way it works is there's an advisory committee that looks and says to IARC what they believe the highest priorities should be and then IARC, you know, will generally follow that list so the advisory committee would need to figure that out. Um, And I'm not on that advisory committee so they, they, uh, I'm not sure what would cause them to do it again. But since it's already a group one, I guess in my mind, I, there'd be less uh, because they have only a limited amount of bandwidth to be able to evaluate a whole bunch of chemicals and other things that are out there, you know, they have to be selective. So I don't know that it'll be anytime soon, would be my guess because they're going to have priorities, perhaps in reviewing other chemicals that hadn't been evaluated yet or had their own you know, um, additional research that needed to be included and so on. But we're not doing the research, you know, that we're doing now for IR per se, right? We're doing it to protect firefighters. And so there's gonna be continuing to, there's going to continue to be lots of additional research out there uh, to, to provide information to firefighters so that they can, you know, make choices to keep themselves safer. Um, so, for example, with our firefighter cancer cohort study that we, you know, discussed before, that's collaborative research with firefighters. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of work there now um, with uh, looking at continuing to look at exposures in various groups, including wildland firefighters. Um, uh, looking at the effects of those exposures, we're continuing to look at and uh, consider ways that we can reduce exposures or the toxicity of those exposures. So I think that research is really important outside of IARC, whether IARC you know, looks at firefighting again in the near future or not. We have to really figure out what we can do, uh, what information we can provide firefighters so that they can make choices and keep themselves safe and reduce their, their risk of cancer. This is,
0: this is all tremendous. And again, I want to thank you. I remember being, you know, in a fire service in which they did not want to believe that cancer was actually killing us, that this wasn't a problem. And in a pretty short amount of time, we've been able to prove that it's definitely a problem. And this is really the highest level can get to justify that. So I just wanted, again, thank you uh, for just all your work. I I remember being there last June and you just filling up a whiteboard of everything you're working on for us. And I think I told you then you're never allowed
1: to retire. Well, you know, I, it's, it's really enjoyable working with firefighters, Jim. And I, I want to, you know, emphasize one more time that this is collaborative research. So all the research we've been doing is related to cancer and and much of the research that we we're doing before that, um, you know were the result of questions that came from the fire service. and having researchers from departments, you know, for example, like Tucson Fire Department and Los Angeles County and Boston and a bunch of other fire departments that you know we've been working with. That's just you know, we, I think it's over thirty now. Um, they, uh, it, those firefighters are, are critical to making sure to, to identifying the research that's necessary to helping to organize and collect the data, things like collecting urine after fires, for example, uh, or getting people set up so that, you know, we can come in and enroll people in the studies, um, and then helping us share the information afterwards because I think it's really important for the firefighters to be presenting to other firefighters. I'm sure the academics can be there too, but I think a firefighter really understands how that information can help them in a way that unless an academic is a firefighter, they just, you know, it won't be exactly the same. So this collaborative nature of the search is, I think, what will allow us to move forward. And when we find things um, that they will be able to be, you know, um, incorporated into the way firefighters do business because they have asked questions the right way, if you will, right, so that we can then make changes. So it is not don't you know put the academicians on a pedestal. It's everyone working together as a team. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Uh, I did want to get a shameless plug in. Uh, I I love seeing you virtually, but I'm excited to see you live. You're, I went to you last year. Now you get to come to me this year um, for the Brothers Helping Brothers Health and Safety Conference, October 26th, 27th, 28th. You're going to be talking on the 26th. And we'll also have our mutual friend, Dr. Sarah Jankey there with you too, where you can do some stuff on your own, but also come together and, and talk about things that you work together on. Yep. I'm looking forward to it, Jim. Thank you for the invitation. It's going to be a Vegas theme. So I, I expect you to show up and do your talk in full Elvis attire.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, you might be disappointed then.
0: <laughs> All right. Fine. Wayne <laughs> Newton, whatever. All right. I'll let you get out of here. He's Dr. Jeff Burgess. I'm not a doctor, I'm just Jim Bernica and uh i'll be back next month i'll also real quick i should say i'll put all the links to uh everything that jeff was talking about uh in the fire engineering and the the narrative there so you can click on this and look at the the q a's and um the monograph uh and also the lancet article so he's jeff
1: i'm jim and we're out of time all right thank you jim take care thank you